Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Last First Date Radio. I am Sandy Weiner. I am the confidence, communication, and love coach for women over 40. And every Tuesday, I interview top experts and cutting-edge authors who teach you how to attract and sustain healthy relationships. And today, I will be speaking with author and former Beach Boys musician Robert O. Williams. And he's going to be speaking about how to move from fear to love. He has a fascinating life story, and I'm really excited to share that with you. And um, many of you who are listening feel like love only happens to the lucky ones. It doesn't happen to you. And um, I'm actually working on a three-part video training about love, and so many of us um, settle. We think that love is impossible for us. And I, I want you to know that love is not for the lucky ones. It's for people who really fall in love with themselves first, to really learn the skills that create a happy, joyful life, which in turn attracts in your highest quality partner. The, the You know, people have been saying this to me for years and years, and I didn't understand it. You know, you have to be the love you want to attract in the world. And, you know, unless you really start to understand what it means at the core of who you are, what it means to love yourself more, it's really hard to do this work. And, in fact, I was just speaking to my married daughter who's always tired. She has two young children, and the lesson I learned as a mother is, is take care of yourself first. It was something I had such a hard time doing. And she just called me to tell me that she was coming home from the grocery store. She doesn't have a car. And she said, Mom, I just want you to know I took a taxi because I'm listening to you. I couldn't carry all the groceries. So I was really proud of her. You know, so it could be something as simple as why am I walking, you know, a, a mile with groceries that are too heavy for me and instead I'm going to spend a little money and take a cab and treat myself better so I won't be tired all the time. And so, you know, if you really want to find love, you've got to be love. Um, and, and that's super, super important. Um, and I love helping women find the deep love that they deserve. Um, And every week I bring you a tip on how to be a woman of value. That is my catchphrase, be a woman of value. So this week's tip is step number 14, which is to declutter your life. And what I mean by that is you got too much on your to-do list, look through it and figure out what you really need to do. What makes your heart sing? What is going to forward the movement of your life in the right direction? You have too much stuff in your life, get rid of some of it. Take one step, clean out a drawer. You have friends that are just taking up space but aren't true friends, declutter, declutter, declutter. Prioritize the things in your life that matter, whether it's work, life, love, and you're going to live a cleaner, happier life. So if you want to become a woman of value, um, come to my retreat it's coming up October, uh, November 3rd through the 5th. And 
after the show, I would love for you to go to lastfirstdate.com forward slash retreat and check it out. It's a small, intimate group where I take you through all the steps of how to be a woman of value and attract love that you want and deserve. And one last thing before I bring Robert onto the show is that if you're not yet a member of my Facebook group, Your Last First Date, please join us. We are about 2,000 women now, and the conversation is so important. Um, Community is so important that if you don't belong to a community and you don't have a place to go to ask questions as you're dating and even not dating, as you're preparing for dating or you're healing from a relationship, this is the place to go for positive support. I'm really careful with monitoring the group and making sure that everything stays kind, positive, and supportive. So it is called Your Last First Date, and I would love for you to join. Okay, now for our guest, Robert O. Williams. He is the author of Love is the Power. He is the inventor of quantum code technology, and his research provided scientific breakthroughs in field-based technologies and consciousness. Robert is a musician and an educator. He taught music and recorded and performed with the Beach Boys, Paul Horn, and Charles Lloyd. He had a near-death experience in 1979, after which he devoted all of his time and energy towards researching consciousness and subtle energy, along with conventional physics and medicine. He co-developed the 108 Heart Plus app that can lower stress up to 30.2%. Love is the power describes in raw detail his life journey. So join me now for episode 275, Love is the Power, How to Move from Fear to Love. Welcome to the show, Robert. Hi, Sandy. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you. So let's talk a little bit. Uh, I was fascinated by your book, and I, I would love for you to share with the audience a little about who you were as a child, because you were so different from any child that I knew, and um just, you know, sort of the beginnings of the journey that you went on, I think it's important to kind of glimpse into your your beginnings. So if you can share a little of that with us. All right. I well, I was born what they call a blue baby. I was a blue so I was born not breathing and it took them a while to get me going. And I actually remember being uh, hovering above my mother while she was in labor uh so i i don't remember too much prior to that and actually my next memories were maybe two years old three years old something in there like like usual but i do remember this um observation of the soul's journey into the incarnation into a, a physical form and i wasn't quite there so they they got my breathing going somehow and and I believe um, what you're referring to in my childhood is this uh, sense that the physical world was only one part of reality. So I not only sensed that, but was able to see otherworldly things from my youngest years and and even to this day. So, for example... In the garden, we had uh, nature spirits, and we had these little uh, spinning beans that were 
around and and later on when I got about when I uh, I guess turned about four or five one particular um, elemental or one particular nature spirit was consistently interacting with me and would show up and communicate his name was Jane so I can I write a lot about those early years and uh, you know we we think that reality or I bet you your audience doesn't but we some of us think reality is limited by what we can see or what we can hear and taste and touch and smell the, the senses and we really know especially if we just intuit that it's only a small small drop of reality and as we evolve we're going to be seeing and experiencing more and more so my my childhood was like that and uh, Jing um, approached me when I was about 12 years old and said that he was no longer allowed to, to see me. I couldn't understand why. And he didn't really give a reason, but he left. And so I kept, um, so that left a vacancy in my life, and I kept looking for it in different ways. Where was that lightness of being, that freedom that I had felt in the in the backyard in nature and with Jing? And I actually found it in music. So I can I can uh, uh, I can go on from there if you want, but that was so as I as I journeyed into my musical world, uh, there were states while I was either playing with a record I played saxophone, either playing with a record on the, on the stereo or uh, on the with the radio, or just in my own practicing. It wasn't every single time, but there were states where I would feel this lightness of being, this this joy, this unconditional love that I ex- had experienced with with Jing in particular, and so that was uh, the next phase of my childhood. A bunch of other things happened too, of course, but uh, that that sense of innate joy uh, that music allowed me to experience once again was brought me into my teenage years and. And onward from there. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I think that a lot of people have lost that spark and um, or don't even know it exists. And I think you know we all experience it in different ways. Most people don't have jings, um, it, you know, or or experience it in yes. the way you did. But I think when you have, um, especially creativity, creative people, and I'm I'm an artist, and I also play music, and my son's a musician. Um, there's something really amazing when you feel connected and free, and there's there's something that comes alive when you're really connected to your art in some way. Yeah. You know, one of my uh, um, mentors or one of the folks that I studied a lot was Rudolf Steiner. Uh, and he's, I think he was in the early 20s, early 1900s, and uh, founded the Waldorf community, but he also, Waldorf school systems, but he also wrote books. He was very, very clairvoyant, and he would visit these other worlds and go in and out of dimensions and looked at what was the essence of humanity. He said that if we're, if any family is having a tr- having trouble, if they're suffering more than just kind of the normal thing that we all go through. He said it's either because we're not singing enough, we're not dancing enough, or we're not storytelling enough. 
And man, did mm. that, that when I read that, I have a now I'm a father and I have a 12 year old daughter. So what you're suggesting here is, or what you're pointing out is so important that you don't have to be a singer, you don't have to be dancer or a story. You know, this is just an indication that that quality of joyfulness, that quality of happiness is activated when we are in our more creative mode of consciousness. And so as a father, my wife and I, at least at least two times a week, we just stop everything and we dance and we sing. And it's mm-hmm. kind of a wild scene, but it it uh, uh, that's our contribution. And afterwards, we always feel better, even if we were in a you know, bad mood beforehand, or my daughter is mad at this or that. There's something magical about that, uh, that just that spontaneous or, you know, it's it's kind of a trick to the mind. The mind doesn't have a, a logical reason for dancing or singing. The mind wants to figure everything out, wants to compartmentalize life. And, and that's cool. That's necessary from time to time. How do I get from here to there? Oh, I remember. That's the mind. In terms of opening our hearts, opening our love, or unleashing or releasing the love that we are, which we, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about, it is the surrendering or the releasing of the mental contraction around life and the mental uh, insistence that uh, we have a goal all the time and there's a there's a uh, understanding at every step. The the mental capacities have uh, have attempted to do that and of course we it, it's it's impossible for the mind to fully cognize and fully understand love and it is included within that realm of love so it's not i'm not one to say let's not think anymore or let's not use our minds it is that uh next step which is about our own hearts our own intrinsic um values of infinite love. Mm. I I do a lot of body work with people because I think we have to get out of our heads and into our bodies and into Mm. our into our hearts and you know this whole need for perfection which is rampant in our society that we have Mm. to get better and better and better and we're not good enough and it it prevents us from opening our hearts, you know, the guards that we put up. It's it's uh, you know, those are some of the reasons why people stay single and stay isolated. Um so this this is so true. I, I really, really love everything that you just said. Um so let's let's talk a little bit more about love. Um you, you know, I just I wanna get to like what what did you discover? You had some some powerful experiences that near-death experiences um, and then after that you really focused your attention on on the work that you're doing today so um, can you talk a little bit about that and um, you know and the work that came from that hello I put you on mute just for a second I coughed and it didn't release oh. off mute so I, I'm yakking away here so sorry. Okay. All right, so let's just start again. <laughs> um, the the uh, the subject of love has been probably uh, the most pondered aspect of humanity of of all the different qualities and and the the word love 
is is such a amazing word because it can be used in all of the different variations of life. So I I said earlier I have a 12 year old daughter, and she loves this boy at school, right? <laughs> no dating, no kissing, but she loves and you know that's and that might happen maybe in the next four or five years, but. So she says, Daddy, I love this guy. So if I say, well, you know, honey, you're, this isn't real love. This is, you know, uh, it, it is for her. And it, it's something that begins with a um, that intuition that we are born complete and then we lose that completeness. And that's the purpose of this incarnation, this planet, at the point where we realize that there is something that is uh, inside of us that we can't quite get a hold of at first. There are some masters that are born fully awakened, fully alive in unconditional love, but they're they're rare. I certainly certainly wasn't one of those. So love, we became we become uh, fascinated with this feeling, with this freedom that love uh, signifies, and we experience it from time to time. So we start our searches. We start, how can we get more love in our life? How can we get that boyfriend or girlfriend? Or how can we get this or that? Because maybe then I'll be more loved and on and on. And I'm sure we we can talk about this for a long time. Mm-hmm. The, um, the love that, is, paradoxically, the love that is needs no effort to be realized. I say paradoxically because to get into a mode where we can accept our own emotions, our own thoughts, our own wounds, and it is healthy to try to heal those wounds and and refine our skills in life to become better, quote-unquote, all good. But the the actual realization of who we are is when there is no effort, when there is a complete surrendering into the moment. And uh, it proves, in a sense, it's a way to reverse the system of our mind and emotions and our societies, which is goal-oriented. And, and if I only had this, then I'll be happy. If I, only, if I didn't have that, if I didn't have this physical condition, then I would be happy. Again, I'm not suggesting that we give up our pursuits, but my own experience, and I've seen it in many, many people, is that there's there's a place where when we unveil our resistances, we let go of what we are running away from or running towards, then we'll actually go through a bit of uh, reconciling our emotions and we'll feel pain perhaps we'll feel grief we'll go through that if we continue just to, to allow those emotions and those feelings in the moment without resisting or without holding on to something then what shows up eventually is is love it is and it ex- is experienced it sorry it is experienced as love as a holding of our own beingness and it fills the void of loneliness, and it fills the void of um, pain that uh, 
uh, has left such an impression in our uh, relationship with with the infinite, with our relationship with love. So love is a state of consciousness. It's a state of the paradoxes begin to uh, resolve, not intellectually, never intellectually, but when we find that love and where we, when we release all that we have found prior and we realize that we are love, then we go back into life and we see the polarities, this versus that, me versus you, and all the rest of our individual pursuits. We, we see them and we have that light, though, always on. And it is uh, it starts a mode of living. The first the first uh, thing that happens when we realize love, and it, and it's paradoxically very difficult to practice, and then very uh, uh, easy once once the mind gets into a certain position in the nervous system. Then it's effortless. Once we start to live that way, usually things don't change on the outside at first, and I can attest to this. We realize love. Everything begins again, and it's all the same, and people still are this or that, and we feel this or that. Over time, though, things do change. In my own case, that realization of love over time healed my body inexplicably, and uh, beyond the doctor's understanding of how that was possible for me, and other things began to shift and move around automatically, not because... I was needing anything to change. So you're talking about something that is our most powerful force, our most powerful energy, which is who we are. It is who we always have been and where we will go. And on top of that stream of reality of love, of unconditional love is all the variations of life. So I became more of a musician, more of a poet, and all the things that I enjoyed doing uh, when the love was realized as my own essence. And um, and I still don't know things and had to learn, but there's a, a joy that pretty much is invincible at that point. Our theory is that we we are moving into an age of of the heart and that uh, humans have had to experience the compartmentalization of, you could say, the lower chakras and me versus you and the tribal phases of humanity had to learn to fight for their food and protect their young and and even kill if necessary if their young were were threatened and, and so forth or kill the animals. So those those were necessary developmental phases for humans. Once those developmental phases were uh, established in their proficiency, nature moves on. Nature, The laws of nature are not stagnant. So they began to give certain humans these epiphanies, these insights of the heart and unconditional love. And it started with really loving people unconditionally automatically. So a few started, and more and more, and you're a good example, Sandy, and your 
listeners are as well. I can feel the, the, the power of this collective love that you've created in your community. It is the basis of the, the last first date, right? This, this is the, <laughs> the basis of a joyful life. And the more we can recognize this as human beings, the easier it will be for mass consciousness to take its next step forward. Hmm. Uh, it would be wonderful if more people felt that way. I think it's it's scary for people sometimes to really look within and realize that they have this within themselves. You know, like Marianne Williamson talked about how we're more afraid of our, our strengths than we are of our weaknesses. And um, so how do you feel about that? Like, you know, what about all those people who are scared to, to admit, you know, look within and say, well, I actually have this ability? That's where they start then. I'm scared. Mm-hmm. Accept the fear right now. Just accept it. You don't have to do anything in, in that moment, in this moment. Okay, what am I feeling? I'm feeling scared about all these concepts of love. What we do when we accept where we're at is love. Love is unconditional. Loving our fear, our resistance, is the most powerful force in the universe. And it is simply there when we identify our current state. And then... If we if we have the patience, and this is where the practice comes in, we start with our, I, I'm afraid of this, and we allow it, we start to see that it will change, it will almost go through all the different emotions. Maybe anger will come up, we allow the anger. Maybe not. we're not thinking that anger will come up, we're just there, and anger comes up. We allow the anger. Then grief, and then we're crying because of this or that in the past. We all have wounds that we grieve, so we're, now we're crying. If we stay with it, it will eventually even out and will we'll not disincarnate. That's a, that's a um, possible detour to go up and out too far, but if you stay with the process, stay conscious, the, motion, the emotions will actually settle down, and we'll feel this freedom. We'll feel it. That is the love that's always been there. It's always been free and not bound by anything. So we will begin to experience that freedom. And it is in this now moment. So then what happens is that the mind doesn't go away. The mind is there in freedom. And what is so amazing to me is nine times out of ten, there will be an inspiration at that point just kind of an inner it is an inner guide it is ourselves it's an inner guide that says you know what now go out walk in back walk back into your life and you'll have some form of inspiration could be could be specific like do this or that you know it's time to call mom or it's time to write that book i haven't read or something like that it's time to declutter my life um, but it's based in that infinite loving knowingness and it's so much powerful than if and if we just say, oh, gosh, you know, I haven't gone to the gym and I have to work out and I'm, I'm overweight and now I have to. That's one way to do it. 
if you can go through your resistances or your fears and all that, let's say if there's a, a weight problem, and then we have that inspiration because we're already there. We're already in love. We've already fulfilled our greatest potential in the love. And, okay, we want to lose weight. Then we go to the gym, and we're inspired more because we're not running away from something. We're just exploring this great physical creation, and we want to have a certain body in this certain style, and the results are much more potent and much more profound when we enter our lives with that, you could say, that presence of love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I actually um, I have a client who her her core values all were based in fear when we did the values work with her, like mm. what is, what's her core common. essence? Yeah, it's very common. And I was noticing a theme because of the country she grew up in and the life she grew up in. Freedom was huge for her. That was one of her number one. And you, you mentioned freedom here. And um, freedom meant you will not be trapped in a bad marriage. Freedom meant you have a, an education so you don't ever get stuck where you don't, you're not able to have a job. You know, freedom was a way of not living in that place of fear and being trapped. And so one of the things that I gave her as an assignment was to go through her day from a place of love. And every decision she makes, do it from a place of love and not fear. So, you you know, what you just talked about with food, um, the way we eat, the way we work out, most people do it from a place of fear. If I eat too much, I'll get fat. If I don't work out, I'm going to be in bad shape. But if you looked at it from I'm eating healthy food because I love my body and because I love myself and I want to stay healthy, it's a very different focus. And because um, she said to me, how can I change this? I have been doing this my whole life. And I said, just change the conversation you have with yourself all day long, every decision you make, every every thought you have. And... Um, I'm talking to her tomorrow, so it'll be interesting to see what happened after two weeks of changing the conversation. But I think we need to really realize that we operate so much out of fear and that when we operate out of love, it just changes who we are. But most of us don't have the tools to do it. So, you know, just to... We could talk for hours. This is such an interesting conversation, and I'd love people to know more about who you are as a beach boy and all that stuff, but that's not important to this conversation. Um, I would like you to talk a little bit about the app that you created because I think that's interesting, and then we'll we'll come to a close. Okay. So uh, I think you mentioned I had a near-death experience in 1979 after I was uh, in the backup band or the backup horn section for the Beach Boys which was a phenomenal experience. Um, The near-death experience, um, um, there was an event that I call the infinite oneness of humanity in all things because there was no Robert experiencing anything. There was only light, only light. The word I... I couldn't find another word. And... Then there was this this relationship with the light, and that started my reincarnation into my body. And as I began to um, precipitate down back to my physical body, which was on the bathroom floor, 
I saw different dimensions. I didn't intend to see anything. I just saw them, and I remembered them when I got back into my body. One of the dimensions or one of the domains, you can say, was full of symbols, geometries, very fascinating and beautiful symbols and mandalas, or some people say mandalas. Mm -hmm. And once I got back into my body, I I, uh, took my journal and wrote as many of those down as I could remember. And then I, I was so fascinated with those symbols and the mandalas that I was... At, at the library looking for books on symbols and mandalas, and believe it or not, I found one there called Symbols in the Santa Barbara Library. So wonderful. Yeah. Here we are, you know, and in, uh, in, the, in the public library, I pulled out this book, and it had some of the symbols that I had seen in the higher domains. Turns out, just to, to, answer, to get to the, the point here, is that there are certain symbols that are activated right now, and these they're information fields, and they're blueprints for um, our, our lives, our next highest potential of consciousness, our next higher, higher, highest potential of humanity. And they've been in indigenous art for a long, long time. So I was looking into those symbols, and there's 108 of them that have to do with uh, the awakening process the stabilization of our individuality and the awakening of our universality or oneness. So I didn't create the symbols at all, but I figured out with the help of William Tiller at Stanford University, who's an expert in subtle energy, how to take the geometries and the ratios of the symbols and broadcast them through fields, uh, like through airwaves and now through digital uh, airwaves. And you can get an app now on the Apple, um, sorry, the App Store or the Google Store, where all the other mm-hmm. apps are, and you can download this app. It's called the Heart Plus app, H-E-R-T with the plus sign app. Actually, the the quickest way, if anyone's interested, is to go to loveisthepower.com, loveisthepower.com, and you'll see the different the two different options there: Google and App, um, and for $1.95, one-time fee, you get these. You get an app, and it's got the globe turning, and you can see how many people in the world are using the app. And uh, we actually did a study. What would you know? What are these symbols? If, what is the energy of these symbols doing to the human physiology? So that's a, a two-year study that was done by a really smart scientist and was published in a medical journal earlier this year turns out that the heart rate variability or our uh, compass for stress or our uh, meter for amount of stress actually uh, increased, it seems inverse, but the increase of heart rate variability means your stress goes down, and that's the 30.2%. And so people with a double-blind test ruled out placebo, ruled out all other variables, turned out people that were using the app just in a normal, they were reading just catalogs and, you know, the very controlled environment, their stress level went down. We have a baseline of stress all the time, and that's not necessary. So the stress level went down by people using the app. But really, it was created to form this community and have these sacred 
mandalas, the energy uh, resonating with those very sacred geometries that are in our own DNA and our own cells and how our bodies develop and work. So that's the app. Interesting. And I think, yeah, people walk around with so much stress. And I've had people on the show before who talked about how to alleviate stress. It's rampant in our society today. So that's a a wonderful outcome that you have. Um, So I I will post a link to this in the show notes um, when I I write this up in the blog. And um, what's one final message you would like to leave for our listeners? It's it's gratitude. If if you didn't have that, if if the community here that is listening to my voice, and I and I I want to say thank you to each one of you because uh, there's power in numbers, and I know that's the Golden State Warriors thing. But mm-hmm. as the more the more of us that begin to remember from moment to moment, or from hour to hour, or just occasionally, and remember this love and feel this love. The more of us who are able to do that, and that's where the discipline comes in. We have to stop once in a while and pause and reflect. It has a tremendous effect for all of humanity. And so we are in this together. It's not just a few people figuring out how to, you know, educate those who are committing crimes. It is all of us raising our consciousness. No matter how unimportant we feel, which is not the case ever, but we feel unimportant sometimes, and I certainly have many, many times. It's just not true. We have this influence. We are a web of human beings, always interconnected. So my final uh, feeling is of gratitude and love for all of you and what you're doing, and I'm very optimistic, and I can see a sudden and positive change right over the horizon. Mm. Beautiful message to end on. Thank you, Robert. This was wonderful. And I I do believe that the more we share our voice, this is the power of storytelling and (laughs) that we spoke about before. Mm. It's, it's, uh, you know, we often feel insignificant and, um, that was one of my areas of growth was to join Toastmasters and learn how to use mm. my voice better because I was hiding most of my life and feeling the power when somebody says to you, your words made a difference. This changed my life. So many of us never have the courage to even say the words. And so if more of us can can take this message and and encourage more and more of you to know your power, your your innate love and worth. Um, we'll have a, a much more amazing world. Um, so thank you there so you much for, for coming on the show. Thank you, Sandy. Okay. Uh, thanks all, all of you for listening today, and I hope you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.